Coming up, we've got lots to talk about. There's Captain America, there's Civil War II, there's our Megacon coverage, so much more. Some fun news and rumors on this episode of DizPop. DizPop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, and this week I am joined by nobody. It's just me. It's been a little hectic in the Diz Unplugged headquarters with the uh, Disneyland 60th anniversary stuff being released this week. Everybody's got a ton of videos to do, and I thought it was just a little easier to kind of shoot this episode on the fly. So... Um, but that's the beauty of the show. It's just kind of fluid. It's me moving around. Sometimes we have Craig, sometimes it's Oliver, sometimes it'll be friends and, and whoever. So, so that's how it is. But, um, yeah, I, I guess that's it. But, um, first things first, I actually do have a little bit of housekeeping, um, this week. I know I never have housekeeping on this type of show. Um, so I guess on the Disboards there was a post, um, somebody may or may not have been offended. I used the word vagina in one of the recent episodes. Um, and I just want to go out here and say that I didn't use it in a sexually explicit way. I didn't use it in an offensive way. I used it to describe the over-sexualization of female um, superheroes in comic books. And I actually think that's an issue because men are never portrayed the same way. And it just seems like it's kind of a weird message to send. Um, and I, I, I'm really sorry, but if this is a show where you're going to get offended if I use the the word for an anatomy, uh, the correct word for an anatomy, uh, a piece of anatomy, excuse me, then this might not be the show for you. I'm not saying that in a mean way, but I'm also, I feel like calling it a hoo-ha defeats the purpose of what we're saying. I know I might have said it in a funny term, but... I was literally describing that area of the body in a non... I wasn't trying to be offensive, so I, I will say sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody. However, I'm not going to not use that word if that comes up. You know what I mean? I don't swear on this show. I'm not I'm not smoking. I'm not beating anybody up. I'm not knifing anybody. So, yeah, sometimes we're going to have those type of discussions. So... I'm sorry. We're not the we're not the Tuesday show. We're not the Universal show. This is a different show, and it's got a different vibe on it, and... You know, I make drinks on this show, so this show's probably a little PG-13, but I will keep the swearing to a minimum. I do promise that. I will not curse like a sailor, but but that's that. Um, so yeah, so again, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody. Um, so yeah, but on a lighter note, some of you, if you follow me on Twitter, um, or you, maybe this has happened to you in the world, uh, Ecto Cooler has been reintroduced into the market. However, it's been introduced into these grocery stores that are like only in the north and so it was like nowhere around and it was on Amazon Prime but only in certain areas if it was in the distribution distribution area and so it was unavailable for a little while and it's still having a little bit of a shortage. However, I did manage to sneak in an order when it came out at Ju- just the right time. So I bought four cases of it. So I have 48 cans of this and I'm, uh, oh, I'm not even sure. I'm not, uh, I'm not sharing. So I'm sorry, <laughs> but I am going to do, uh, I think an arts and crafts and drinks video for you guys when you get it out there. It's going to spread. It'll be, it's going to be in more distribution centers. You'll be able to get it on walmart.com soon as well. Um, I did bring a 
So I have a cold can, which is here, and a regular can, which is here, and you can see there's actually they're actually color changing. So I didn't know what it was at first, but all the yellow's gone and it's all green now. So it says Ghostbusters in yellow, high C in yellow here, and on the cold can, it's all slimed now. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to open this. It, it, it's also available in juice boxes, but you can't order the juice boxes on Amazon, I don't think. And they're, like, impossible. I've seen somebody on the interweb somewhere get one. But, ooh, it's, it's too slimy. I can't open it. Um, this stuff, I've, I've had one can. Now it's, like, one of those precious things. Um, it tastes just like the original. So... The best part, though, is this one's actually green, because I think the original was clear. Um, but, you, I mean, you never knew because you were drinking out of the juice box. Well, I guess the straw, but either way. Uh... Oh, God. Yeah. That is some good, good stuff. Um, so if you were worried about it, if you were kind of half-heartedly going at it, um, trying to find it, no, it's worth it. Get it. Don't mind me, I'll just be rude and enjoy mine in front of all you guys. But uh, yeah, it's and it definitely tastes ripe for the for the boozing. So I th I'm thinking, so it's called Ecto Cooler. I'm thinking we could make a drink um, and maybe call it the Slimer. So it's got like the Ecto in there. Um, but we'll see. That'll be coming soon. I'll try and do that maybe in correlation with the new Ghostbusters movie because I don't care what anybody says. I want to see the movie. Ghostbusters was like my Power Rangers before Power Rangers. Like, I love Ghostbusters. I'm just happy the franchise exists in the world again. And I really hope that people's uh, sexist attitudes and uh, defeatists, whatever, are are going to uh, at least give it the, 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 the chance it deserves. I mean, Paul Feig has not given us... I, I've liked every one of his movies, you know, and... Um, you know, the, the first trailer for this movie was poorly assembled. However, I think that second international trailer is really, really funny. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. And I, I'm hoping this, I'm hoping we get more than one. And I'm hoping, like, he doesn't give up, Paul Feig doesn't give up because of all the, all the crap that people give it. But that'll work us right on into our little box office update. Now, I know it's been a little bit of while, but Alice Through the Looking Glass has come out. And if you haven't caught... Um, myself and Craig Williams doing a review of it. You can check that out on iTunes. That was an audio-only episode. And um, in short, though, no, I'm not even going to tell you. You just go you go check out the, uh, the review of it. But um, it didn't do too well. It did take the um, second place in the Memorial Day weekend, but it only made about 30, uh, $33.5 versus the $60 million that was projected. So... It's not really that good. And then the drop in the second week, so this last weekend that just passed, the first weekend of June, it uh, brought in just 11 more million dollars. So it probably looks like this is not going to fare very well. Um, they're comparing it flop-wise to John Carter and Mars and Lone Ranger and all that. But, um, you know, people who are going to see it going to see it. You're going to see it either way. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... Sometimes I don't think things like that sway it one way or another. Like... Maybe if it's a strong movie and that word of mouth can get around, it'll go. But this is such a niche type of audience that I don't, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, um, but Disney's doing just fine as the box office. It's passing $4 billion. Um, already, you know, dang, you know, that's it. Um, and, uh, 
It three of their three of its films currently rank as the highest grossing of 2016 globally. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, X Men Apocalypse, which I know is not Disney oriented, but it is under the Marvel banner, so they're getting money some way. Um, that debuted at number one, falling to number two this last weekend, making way for that garbage bag of a movie, Ninja Turtles, which I also saw, and it was just as bad as the first one. I I honestly had a little bit of hope that maybe. Maybe, since they were taking, like, the straight-up cartoon route, it might be a little bit better. No. Mm, no. No, 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 no. Um, so, yeah. Um, but to talk about X-Men really quick, I I know there's a lot of, like, it doesn't have the highest um, rating with critics, but I actually enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's not the best X-Men movie in the franchise, I I would I'd still say that belongs to either Days of Future Past or even First Class or even X Men One. I know I know everybody loves X Men Two, but I think X Men One has a very strong circular story. Like it all comes together in the end and everything. Whereas X Two kind of it it like set up stuff that never really paid off because the third movie was so bad. So it kind of like didn't like the action was amazing in the second movie, but it just kind of never I don't know. But this, I thought Apocalypse was good. It was, it finally felt like it was finally giving the opportunity to be like the X-Men that was like the 90s cartoon show. So it finally felt like it was like, okay, well, we're going to be fully formed X-Men in this one now. Or like it was bridging in that area. Uh, you know, it's got, it, it does have its moments where it's kind of like, uh, it's, there's a couple of moments in this. Some of the CGI is phenomenal. And then some of it is just like, it looks like test footage. So I don't know what happened there, but. But yeah, I, I think if you've enjoyed the other two first class movies, um, I, you know, the the trilogy reboot, I think you'll like this one too. It's But it, again, I mean, it's probably the third worst of those three, but it's definitely above X-Men Origins and Wolverine, the first Wolverine, at least. And maybe on par with the second. I actually, I don't mind the second, the director's cut, but... But anyway, that's all I'll say about that. I would say, like, it, if you're a fan of the X-Men, you'll enjoy the movie. I, I think if you like like the X-Men, and it's not just, oh, I enjoy X-Men movies. I think you this is the first movie where you really kind of have to be an X-Men fan. Um, but it's not without its issues, but I thought it was, I thought it was fun. A um, couple surprises in the movie, too, that actually had me go, <gasps> but... Um, yeah, so, so that's, uh, that's it. Um, an update on some of the other movies. It looks like Captain America's dropped a few more spots over the last two weekends, but it's taken another, um, almost $30 million. The Jungle Book dropped a few more spots as well, still in the top 10. Um, that's looking to take about another $13 million since we last spoke. And Zootopia has finally left this last weekend, finally bumped out of the top 10. So that was, I mean, Zootopia came out in March, April, May, June. I mean, that's like, you know, two full months in the in the top 10, um, and uh, I am not concerned because it's coming out on Blu-ray on Tuesday, and I cannot wait to get it. I'm going to do my Glitter Tiger dance when I get it, my little... But um, it, uh, it's become the second highest grossing original property. Um, and according to Forbes, Zootopia is the second biggest original, and I'm stressing the word original here because somebody tried to fight me on this point, and I don't think they really understood what I was saying, but I also second-guessed myself the last time I said it. So I reread the article several times. It is the second biggest original movie re- ever released, only behind Avatar. Uh, it's Disney's 11th, 11th excuse me, biggest movie at the global box office and the sixth biggest non-sequel of all time. So 
not too shabby. And on top of that, its present cannot be felt. Presence, excuse me, cannot be felt anywhere in the theme park. So I'm throwing some shade at you, Disney. And uh, I really don't like Frozen. And I, it's like you can't not go into any theme park and have some, some Frozen in there. So I'd like to see that same care and attention given to Zootopia at your earliest convenience. Thank you very much. So that's that at the box office. Um, we got Finding Dory coming out in just about a week and a half here. And then after that, I think it's a little clear in the Disney front until um, Peach Dragon in August. But when we do our reviews, we'll kind of do some universal reviews and we'll do some classic Disney titles. And I was, I was thinking about maybe doing a, like a throwback to the Disney afternoon and we could review some of that. I just got uh, Goof, uh, Goof Troop Super Nintendo game. So maybe we'll do like a... Something, something, arts and crafts drink, but not craft, more like video games. I don't know. We'll get a, we'll get a new segment going. But I do have some fun, exciting movie news and rumors here. It, apparently, so let's, let's, while we're in Marvel, let's stay in Marvel over here. Um, Brie Larson, the uh, star of the film Room, if you haven't seen it, it's a phenomenal movie, nominated for Best Picture, and I believe she won Best Actress this year for it. Um, she's up for the role of Captain Marvel. And that is exciting. I would be totally on board with that. I would have also liked Emily Blunt, but this... Brie Larson, she's on fire. But Variety's reporting that the room star is in early talks to play Captain Marvel in the standalone project. And that story is going to follow Carol Danvers, who is Captain Marvel, an Air Force pilot whose DNA is fused with that of an alien during an accident. The resulting alteration imbues her with the superpowers of strength, energy, and flight. No director is currently attached, but apparently they want to line up uh, an actress pretty early to potentially introduce her in one of the upcoming films before her standalone film. Um, which, from the sound of it, uh, her story could easily be worked into Infinity War. Because I'm, I'm just saying, if they're going to use, you know, that's going to be all alien-based and um, having the Air Force involved somehow. It, it, and they're like getting ready to start filming that, so it makes sense. It makes sense in there. Um and uh, on on uh, the Captain Marvel note, we'll get we'll get back to her a little bit because uh, I'm going to talk about the Civil War II comic that just came out this last week as well. Into the Star Wars realm, though, it seems that Rogue One has some massive reshoots that are about to happen. Uh, it looks like six week wor- uh, excuse me six weeks worth of reshoots will be happening. Originally, it was reported there was a test screening and the audience didn't care for it. But then it was said that there was no actual test screening for audiences. It was a test screening for executives at the studio. And the problem is the tone, apparently, is that it doesn't... This movie is going to go right up to the 10 minutes before Star Wars A New Hope starts. And apparently they want the tone to like kind of match up with that. And they want the tone more in line with uh, The Force Awakens. So... I honestly feel like this movie's maybe under more pressure than The Force Awakens was. I mean, The Force Awakens had a lot to live up to, but now this one kind of... I, I, don't, I don't know. This whole thing is a little mind-boggling to me because from the get-go, the whole reason they hired people like Gareth Edwards or um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, like it's all these very different type of people to give very different feels. So I understand that all of the episodes like the need to line up, but these spin-off Star Wars tales or a star wars film or whatever they're calling them they should all i thought the whole selling point on these was that they were going to be unique and different tones so gareth edwards from the get-go said that he styled this one after a war movie and i was like oh that so that'll be really cool and like I said, this is the first movie without a jedi in it but 
I don't, I don't know. Apparently, it's, these are some pricey and extensive reshoots. Um, and um, the goal of the reshoots is to lighten the mood and bring some levity into the story, um, restoring a sense of fun to the adventure. But I feel like everybody dies in the movie, so how fun? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want another Force Awakens. Like. Episode 8 will be another Force Awakens. I That's what I want from them. I don't want to just keep watching that same feeling repeatedly, repeatedly. Like, even A New Hope uh, is, an, is totally different than Empire Strikes Back, which is totally different from Return of the Jedi. But the reason why Empire Strikes Back is the strongest one is because it was darker. It took those risks. And I, I, I don't know. This isn't a good sign. It's just because of the financial situations that... Disney right now with Shanghai and you know flops at the box office and stuff like yes the Force Awakens they want another Force Awakens for monetary reasons to fill those gaps but I don't know I, I don't know it's I don't like when it's too many cooks in a kitchen and I, I'm I feel like that's not gonna it's not gonna bode well but um the the apparently some of the studios said Gareth Edwards' first cut was a solid showing, but it didn't measure up the bar set in terms of the four quadrant appeal. Anything less than extraordinary won't do. Now the danger word there is four quadrant appeal. Those movies, when forced, are not great. When done well, per se, like Steven Spielberg does it very well. He did it very well with things like Jurassic Park, um, where he was both mature but at the same time had that sense of family, but it also had strong female characters, so it kind of hit every every quadrant. But when Disney do, like gets obsessive about it, that's when their movies start to unravel. So I'm scared. But the, re- the release date is still on target for the 16th, and now the newest rumor is saying that some of the, some of the goal in the reshoots, too, is to have Han Solo, um, the, the young Han Solo cameo in this movie, which makes no sense to me because the kid... Um, from Hail Caesar, um, Aldrin, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he's, I don't, so he's playing like Han Solo in the same year that we meet Han Solo? Because I thought this movie was going to be about Han Solo's like life leading up to A New Hope, so I don't know. I don't, I don't like that either, but, but anyway, on to, to a Disney movie, another, another classic movie here, Mary Poppins Returns. That is the official name of the new Mary Poppins movie and um, we knew about a lot of this before but apparently Disney is finally actually confirming stuff so um, with an official release date Mary Poppins Return is going to hit the cinemas Christmas Day 2018 Um, I know this almost sounded really stupid but (laughs) I had to think about what year it was this year okay so this Christmas we have a Star Wars movie 2017 do we have another Star Wars movie in 2017? I'm not sure. Um, and if you listened real closely, you could hear my dog bark. He's upset with me. But um, regardless, um, Emily Blunt is going to be starring as Mary, and she will be joined by Hamilton and In the Heights creator, Lynn manuel Miranda, who's going to be playing a street lamp lighter named Jack. Um, and we do have a little bit of story details. It says the story is going to take place in Depression-era London and follows a now-grown Jane and Michael Banks, who, along with Michael's three children, are visited by an enigmatic Mary Poppins following a personal loss. I'm assuming a personal loss of the children, not Mary Poppins. Um, through her unique magical skills and with the aid of her friend Jack, she helps the family rediscover the joy and wonder missing in their lives. Um, this plot actually sounds very similar to me. Um, if anybody has ever knows um so peter pan written by jm barry 
the rights to that were, when he passed away, left to a hospital in England, um, a children's hospital. And those rights um, were going to lapse into the public um, domain, uh, I want to say about 10 years ago now. So the hospital did like a contest to have some writers submit um, manuscripts and stuff to come up with an official sequel. And they did. It was called Peter Pan and Scarlet. I can't remember the author. I read the book, though, and it's fantastic. And if you haven't read it, it sounds it sounds totally similar to what they're going for, for here. So it's got that same Peter Pan vibe, but it also has a little bit of an undertone of that change because um, the it, it deals with the darling children, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now because it, it, it says it in the first chapter, um, one of them has passed away because it's after, I believe this that one took place after the First World War. Yeah, it must be. It must have been that or the second. It's one of the two wars. But um, so it's got that like little moment of sadness. And um, it's actually got just this wonderful, wonderful quote in it about um, saying about how anyone can be a brave person and you don't need money. You don't need things. And it was just a really it's a really easy, fun book to read. And I think it was the perfect sequel to that. And this is the only official in canon Peter Pan um, sequel. So check it out if you're a fan. Uh, as you can see, I am wearing my I'm So Fly I Neverland, my new shirt. And I'll get to this shirt in a little bit, too, and where you can get one. Um, but that, that, that's as far as we've got for news and stories here. Um, I know it seems scary, the Mary Poppins thing. I, I'm going to say this. I don't know why I feel this way, but I do feel like I'm more okay with Emily Blunt being Mary Poppins than I would have been if they had added, if, if Bert were a character here. Like I'm, I'm glad that Bert's not, not in the story, um, and I really hope they both can cameo. So I really hope they film this fairly quickly and do whatever they can to get Mr. Van Dyke in there, um, along with Miss Andrews and uh, I don't know. Rob Marshall's directing this, so it's it's kind of a hit or miss for me. Into the Woods was, and I liked the Fourth Pirates movie. I know a lot of people didn't, but I felt like it was it was fit tonally with the first movie and that's why I like it. And, and I don't like his other movies though. So I don't know where this is going to go. Um, but yeah, so, so that's going to bring us out of the movies and into the comic books. And I've got some stuff to talk about. So I spoke in the last issue about this Captain America, Steve, excuse me, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Cause there's also a Sam Wilson, Captain America, but Steve Rogers, Captain America, number one, and uh, the big twist here, I said it in the last show, and it's been out for a while, Captain America is a Hydra agent at the end. What? So, overall, I read this thing. Um, it, it, it's not like the retelling of Steve's story. This picks up after, um, this is like, if you follow the Steve Rogers Captain America story, like, he lost the, the power, his powers for a while, and so he, like, aged, but then... Somehow they got him back. So this is like the beginning of that again. Um, so this kind of sets up a little bit of backstory because it deals with Steve's abusive father and the mother and like a woman who steps in to help. And, um, but overall, this sells on the, the hook at the end that Steve is a, is a Hydra agent. So I don't, I don't have a fully formed opinion yet. I'm not going to say go out and get this yet. I need to read issue two first and that's about to come out. Um, so... I, you, you know, there's no real opinion to weigh in here. It, it felt a little fluffy, and 
um, to just kind of like it was trying to get to that part. But but we'll see. The first part of Agents of Shield was fluffy, and then that got that was amazing when they had the Hydra tw- uh, twist. So on to the other thing, the Civil War. So this is my Civil War um, free comic book day issue zero, and then this is Civil War issue one, which came out um, just last week, and I've read them both. You don't need to have read issue zero. However, what's great about it is it it has scenes that aren't in this, but they kind of reference them, but they do it in a very creative way that I, I, I think is actually genius. I'm going to tell you right now, go out and get this. Okay, read this. This is the, like, since I've been starting Dispop and doing the comic book and reading them, other than the Power Ranger comic book I've been reading, and I haven't talked about it on the show, also has a spinoff called Power Rangers Pink, and it's about Kimberly after she's left, like where she left the show. It picks up that continuity after that. Phenomenal. But this, um, this is fantastic. And I, I honest to God, I hope, uh, I'm reading this and all I can think is, man, if this is how they're going to do the Infinity War, this, this is great. Like, because Thanos is in this and, um, it, it's, I don't know. I mean, I know it's, it's about a divide, but there is a main character that dies and maybe a second that's about to die. Uh, that's the hook at the end. But um, it's very well done. Now, I don't know anything about the Ultimates very much. I don't know too much about the Inhumans. And, the, you know, as this is a big major event, they do make kind of references here or there. And there are going to be some stories from like other, like there's a Spider-Man number one, like Civil War II, The Amazing Spider-Man number one. Um, and I think his first four issues are going to ha- tie into this somehow. But you don't have to have read this. This is a six-issue. Um, I, I believe it's going to be six issues. Um, just an event series. So you can stick to this main one or you can read those other stories that kind of branches out. So I think I'm going to get on board with the Spider-Man ones just because I love Spider-Man and I really like the character in here. The uh, the Peter Parker one. But Miles Morales is in here too. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Uh, this is excellent though. I, I thought the the... Storytelling's great. The divide makes sense. Um, it it's it's a little heartbreaking, to be honest with you. I I actually I'm I've got to go back and read the comic for Civil War because I know the movie took a lot of liberties with it. But uh, I I I'm going to tell you right now, like this reminds me a lot of Minority Report because it's it the whole basis of it is they find an inhuman who can predict the future. But so Iron Man's argument is well, they so there's an event where there's this giant thing from another dimension that's there and and they stop it from destroying the earth and they're like well we did that because this inhuman told us exactly where to be when to be and tony's argument is like well then he because the inhuman saw the end of the world and tony says well then his future then he sees a possible future he doesn't see the future because they stopped it from happening so that proves that he's not actually seeing the actual future that's tony's argument and then um captain marvel uh carol danvers her argument is that well, I mean, they need to use that power to do those events like that. But, but it, and this is where it kind of falls back into that minority is that Tony's saying, well, we put people away for stuff that they haven't even done yet. And, and I, I love Minority Report, so I am all on board with this. And I love that moral implication. And every character is getting a little moment to shine here. So I'm going to highly recommend this. I'm going to keep following this and keep going. But I definitely think you guys should get it. The first issue is really nice, too. They added this like kind of almost cardboardy back to it. That makes it a little extra. It's a little longer, and it's it's like a it's five ninety nine versus like the three ninety nine or four ninety nine, four ninety nine that Marvel comics are. But um, I think this is totally worth it in the end. Like to get these, they have some fun um, 
uh, alternate covers and stuff, but get on board. Go to a local shop. Just tell them you're, you're interested in trying it out. I, I am a novice to comic books, so this is me just getting on board, and this I'm super happy about this. So, so definitely check that out. Um, and that is going to bring us to our little segment of the show here. And if you were follow, if you saw last week's episode or heard last week's episode, uh, Oliver and I went to MegaCon, and I put together a little video, uh, kind of an overview video, just describing like our weekend there and and this this stuff that was going on. And so, um, why don't we check that out? Excuse me. Megacon, the Southeast premier comic book, anime, sci-fi, fantasy, and pop culture event. Hosted at the Orange County Convention Center, the event ran this year from Thursday, May 26th through May 29th and featured numerous activities and attractions for fans to participate in. Some of this year's attractions included celebrity photo ops and autograph sessions. You had the opportunity to meet legendary celebrity guests like William Shatner, Stan Lee, John Cusack, Adam West, Burt Ward, Kevin Smith, George Takei, Nichelle Nichols, Christopher Lloyd, and so many more. Whether you were interested in meeting celebrity guests or not, Megacon had tons more activities to offer its attendees. The event featured over 1,000 unique vendors that made the Megacon shopping experience incredibly unique. You could buy retro game consoles, t-shirts, corsets, prop replicas, steampunk paraphernalia, tails, swords, collectibles, and so much more, including pretty much any comic book you could dream of. Also, tattoos. That's right. There were plenty of places to get your very own permanent Megacon souvenir. Another great section of the convention, and probably my favorite, was Artist Alley. Here you can meet the people who work in the front lines of the industry, from professionals to hobbyists. This was a great place to find unique and original art, and I actually left with quite a few prints and other items from over here. This is also somewhere that you don't have to be afraid to ask questions. You're surrounded by people doing and showing you what they love. These people want to talk to you about their work. We had the pleasure of speaking with some incredibly talented authors, illustrators, graphic artists, and so on. A lot of these people had their own original body of works that they were also trying to shine some light on. This already sounds like a lot to get lost in, but you should definitely remember to make time for the panels and Q&A sessions. Every day, there are tons of offerings where industry pros will answer fan questions about their experiences and upcoming projects. You have the opportunity to be a part of some great things, like the Batman panel, where the original dynamic duo Adam West and Burt Ward, who attended Megacon as part of their 50th anniversary farewell tour, took the stage to reminisce about their time working on the hit show. The tights. You love the tights. Yeah, yes. Well, I'm willing to donate those to anybody that wishes to suffer. You're still wearing them, have they? Oh, I don't have one. No, I It's disgusting. No, they did a wonderful job of casting. 
because everyone wanted to do our show. And you can understand why it gave him a chance to be kind of Shakespearean and chew the savory and have fun and help us with our comedy and create the laughs. That's why we're here. Hypothetical for both of you. If you, Bert, were Batman and you, Adam, were Robin, how would that dynamic duo play out? I would have asked for more money. You never know who may pop into a panel as well. While attending Katie Cassidy's panel, John Berriman snuck in and surprised her as guests were asking questions. It was a real treat to see the two of them together on stage and witness their friendship firsthand. Not something you probably would have seen if you'd skipped out on the panels. What else is the beginning of Lion King? No, seriously, what else is the beginning of the song? everyone, and that, of course, includes kids. What I thought was a really thoughtful and I'm sure helpful addition to all their offerings out there was the Kids Zone and Family Lounge. This was a quiet room that allowed a moment away from the crowds where kids and parents could partake in some fun activities set up in the room, including arts and crafts and some really cool Lego PlayStations. There were also several very impressive Lego creations on display in here as well, not to be mentioned. If you're looking for that special someone to share your love of pop culture, have no fear, because Megacon was host to sci-fi speed dating. After all, you never know who you could meet and then marry at Megacon, because that's right, Megacon was the host of its very first wedding. The wedding was presided over by Cobra Commander. Both wedding parties took the aisles, entering the ceremony in full costume, dancing their way down toward the bride and groom. The bride was walked down the aisle by none other than Eldon Henson, who you may know as Foggy Nelson from Daredevil, or Fulton Reed from the Mighty Duck series. Yes, the world. Definitely. 
uh, a big jump to do a wedding like this. You've always supported me through everything, whether it be my weird random hobby of the month to an actual career that I want to pursue that other people would not help out as much as you had and support and love me as much. We have a beautiful son together and honestly everything that we've been through, like you were always there and I will never forget anything you've done for me. You're absolutely perfect and honestly I could never ever find someone like you ever again because you've been You are my best friend in the entire world. Every morning I wake up and I get to stare at your face before I go to work. I get to kiss you every day when I come home. I get to play with our beautiful son every day. I've been dealt a lot of bad cards in my life. I've been in a lot of bad, a lot of bad places. I've had to mulligan a bunch of hands and a lot of people have given up on me. You never did. You never said no. And out of all of the crappy cards that I've gotten in my life, only one has ever gotten me through any hard times. And then that'd be you. My queen of hearts. By the power invested in me, by not only being the leader of Cobra, but also legally binding in Florida, <laughs> I now pronounce you now I've saved the best for last because you can't talk about Megacon without talking about the amazing costumes and insane amount of people wearing them. Whether it's cosplay, an original interpretation of your favorite character, or just a comfy Spider-Man onesie, I recommend getting into the spirit of things and dressing for the occasion. By the end of the first day, you'll be sad you didn't at least wear a fun t-shirt from your favorite fandom. Didn't bring one? Well, don't worry, because I'm sure you'll find something by the end of the weekend. And be sure to check out the costume contest, too. You will not be disappointed. Honestly, I went all four days and I felt like I barely scratched the surface on what Megacon Orlando had to offer. I mean, I didn't even talk about the after parties. Now, if you're sad you missed out on the event, have no fear. Megacon is headed to Tampa in October from the 28th through the 30th. That gives you plenty of time to buy a ticket and get started on your costume. I hope to see you there. Okay, so 
as you can see in the video, there's a lot going on there. There's the uh, autograph sessions with the celebrities. There's the artist alley. There's uh, the costumes, the costume contests, the panels, the Q and A's. There's the, I mean, the speed dating, that wedding. Um, I just, I, I didn't like I said in the video. I didn't even talk about the after, the after parties. There was also, and I'm a little, kind of a little bummed because well, it's hard to cover everything. But there was also a. Um, what's called a geek fest film festival so they had like um excuse me i'm gonna adjust myself here well adjust how i'm sitting i wasn't being vulgar oh my god so awkward anyway um they had the geek fest film festival and this is where they were showing like um short films and stuff like that so for me that would have been really cool to sit in there and check that out um I walked in at the weird time, though, where they were, like, switching it over. So, of course, I did. But but there were a lot of after parties, too. Like, this is a full-on event. So, I'm going to say, if you're going to go to this, you can be somebody who just goes for the one day and commits to it. But this seems like a whole thing. So, so on um, Thursday night, they had the Megacon official cosplay karaoke kickoff party. And that was at Club 39 at the Rosen Plaza Hotel, which is right on, on iDrive, where the um, Orlando Convention Center is on International Drive. And that was like 10 bucks, 21 and over. And then they had um, Friday night, Nerd Noise Night, the official Megacon after party. That was actually at the convention center in one of the ballrooms. They had the official Megacon EDM party with DJ Ryu and DJ Korsk featuring Kradness. I don't know who any of those people are. I know Ryu is a Street Fighter character, but... Um, and they had some cosplayers in there. That was again at the Orange County Convention Center on Saturday night. And that was... 10 bucks. That was all ages, though. Casual or cosplay. So imagine going to, like, this dance party in, your, in a costume. I don't know. I, you just kind of see crazy, crazy stuff there. And um, uh, it it just, I don't know. Like, next year, I'm, I mean, I know it's going to Tampa, but, you know, and that's a bit, like, I'm just going to drive down. I'm not going to, I'll probably just do, like, one day when I go for that. I say that now, but I also thought I was only going to go for like two or three days. This one, and I went to the whole thing, and I still feel like I missed out on a lot of stuff. Uh, I missed out on the Rocky Horror Picture Show thing they did. Uh, you know, the, the I didn't do any after parties. The film festival I missed. Um, I didn't do a lot of panels. It, it's it's a weekend. It it it, it is a lot of fun though. Um, I'm definitely going to recommend costumes. Um, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit about like my specifically my favorite area. Like I said in the video, was um, Artist Alley, and I left with a bunch of original prints. And one I really liked that I wanted to share with you guys here is I still have it in the wrapper. Um, this Back to the Future uh, Marty on the hoverboard. Um, this was done by an artist. <laughs> no kidding. Um, and he gave me this this postcard, too, that's the Rocketeer. And they're all these kind of, like, scraggly, cool figure. Like, it's very unique. And this is going to be great in my Back to the Future area up here that you can't actually see, but it's right next to me over there. But um, he was it was done by an illustrator designer called Nooligan. And you can check out his stuff on Nooligan.com. He has a really cool, it's like, Han and Greedo and they're sitting at the table but it's two canvases and they're long and rectangular um two prints and then but like they go right together but one's like blue in the background one's orange in the background and it's Han with like the pistol propped up and uh you know I'm, I'm sure it's called something like who shot first I can't remember what it was actually called excuse me while I sip my delicious ecto cooler mm, wonderful but but I really enjoyed that stuff uh I it was 
it was reasonable price too. Like that Marty Pro was like twenty bucks. Um, and it's on this really cool paper. You couldn't really tell, but it's like it like it's textured paper too, so it gives it like that extra. I don't know that extra oomph. And I, I love stuff like this. Like, you can get a poster online. You can do all this stuff, but original artwork signed by the artist. This one's actually numbered too. It's ninety three of one hundred and fifty, which is pretty awesome. Um, I mean. I, that's what I always leave with. It's all these prints, and maybe you'll do something with them, maybe you won't. But I, I feel good supporting like an artist that's right there, right in front of me. And um, you know, maybe they make it big, maybe they don't, whatever. But I, you know, I, I feel like I contributed to it. Um, I also really enjoyed these prints. Let's check out this cool lost print I got. You can see in the top here it has the uh, the Egyptian writing, and then on the bottom it's got the. Um, the 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. And then uh, the the artist, John Lewis, he signed it there. That's the island. It's got a little plane up there crashing. Um, and I am a huge Lost fan. So I, I loved, I, just, I don't know. I really liked it. Was, I've wanted a, a, something Lost oriented because I have a little, the they for the first season had released these like action figures. And I have a Jack one. And it looks just like him from the pilot with the suit where he's coming over the trash heap. And then I have a, uh, like the set, which is the finale that where they're looking down into the, um, the, oh my gosh, what is it called? The hatch. And it lights up and everything. So I thought that would be cool in front of this. So I can make a little, little lost display. Stuff like that. I love that. I, and I also got this other one, um, which is, uh, Jurassic Park. This was for a friend's birthday. So don't tell them. But I also got this little cool, you can't see he's in the bottom there, Rocketeer sticker I'm going to put on my, my laptop as well but those are some of my um my favorite prints that i got i got more i've got some that i don't i could share i got these really cool um uh parks and recreation prints again they're friend's birthday like i I don't know this for me even if it's not for you these make cool gifts like get them go to ikea get a frame pop them in a frame like I, i have a breaking bad one down in my kitchen down there that says like let's cook and it's great. Oh, actually, that's the guy who I bought the Parks and Recreation ones from. It, I saw the poster, and it, so it turns out my friend got them from this artist, who I now have bought two of them for him and his wife, and so they'll be happy. I know. I'm a good friend. I can, I'm a good friend. But the, uh, the gentleman who did the Lost and the um, Jurassic Park prints is John Lewis, um, and he actually has his own original comic. So a lot of these places in Artist Alley, like I said in the video, they have their own original um the artists there are sometimes they're just doing prints they're like doing the x-men they're doing whoever you know whatever characters their own fun little graphic artist stuff and then sometimes they actually have their own unique um pieces of work and i've got a couple of those to kind of share here that i spoke to that i I thought we just give them an opportunity to talk about it so the one who did the lost and the jurassic park prints that's john lewis and jt uh, j.e tobel i'm sorry who have a uh Lord Rupert Evergreen presents a recipe for doom. So I've got a couple words for them. So let's let's go back to them and see what they have to say about their comics. Uh, hi, I'm John Lewis. J.D. Tobel. Uh, part of Strudel Studios. Uh, we made this book called uh, Lord Rupert Evergreen presents a recipe of doom. It's the first issue of an ongoing series. Uh, just debuted uh, in May of this year. I was going to say, so a week or two ago, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, book about a talking skull and an apple and they have little adventures within uh, and there's stories within the book that kind of expand that universe a little bit and then we'll have a full out uh, graphic novel coming out 2017 about a book uh, in here called Detail Nowhere. 
It's stupid. <laughs> Get stupid with us. <laughs> Is there a website people can go to? Uh, yeah, uh, JohnLewisDrawsThings.com. JeTobel.com. And that's it. I got their comic. As you talked about, they talked. They talked about it. It is. It's cool. It it it's very Adult Swim. It reminds me of something I'd see on Adult Swim. Um, the 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 art in it is all very fun. It's very fun. It's very it's very out there though. So, you know, it's. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like a, a certain type of person has to enjoy it, but it is humorous. Like I I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I I haven't. My gosh, the week has been so full. I literally, like, I stayed up super late just to read that X-Men comic book. Um, I, I, the X-Men, excuse me. The uh, Civil War comic book and the Captain America. And this one, so I, this one I only read um, a little bit of it. Uh, but I'm enjoying it so far. And it's, it's one of those, like, I don't want to rush through it just to rush through it to talk about it. Um, I want to, like, soak in the art, soak in the, the frame, you know. Everybody reads comic books different, so it's all up to them. But you can check out some of their works on there. I recommend it. Um, he participated in Art Drop Day, actually, like two years ago. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Art Drop Day is its this thing that's trying to catch on. And um, you use the hashtag. Uh, it's in, like, the first day or two of September. You use the hashtag Art Drop Day. You make a piece of art. It can be anything. It can be jewelry, you know, paintings, anything. I did canvases when I left them. I did four Ninja Turtle canvases. Um, you leave, like... You, you know, sign it, you say like, oh, hashtag with this, or I'm at this, so they can learn about you or follow you, or you can find out on like Instagram, Facebook, whatever, Tumblr, wherever they are, if they got it and they posted it. And I got a couple of John Lewis's um, last time and I, I really liked them. And so it's kind of funny that I walked up to the table and I was like looking through his book and I'm like, oh my God, I, uh, I have some of your prints. Did you, you know, for free. <laughs> so obviously I had to get the comic book, but um, the comic book's great too. The, it, super, super nice guys. Um, I'd say check out some of their prints. There was a really awesome, if you're a fan of The Office, I, I kind of almost regret not getting The Office, but there was an awesome Office um, uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban mashup, and if you know the show, you know that Michael served some time in Azkaban, Prison Mike, so there's a really funny one on there. I definitely recommend that. Um, a really Another really nice guy I got to speak with is Aaron Hazuri, um, who created this comic book, The Strange Adventures of Toaster Guy. And here he is to talk about it for us. Okay. Well, my name's Aaron Hazuri. The comic I do is called The Strange Adventures of Toaster Guy. And it's about a guy with a toaster for a head. And his superpower is that he can, like, reheat bagels and fall off frozen waffles. So he's not really good at anything. And his roommate, who's a ninja, says, hey, why don't you join me and we'll, uh, we'll fight crime. Which they do to varying degrees of success. And uh, right now it's a four-issue series. They travel through time. There's some there's some evil trees, giant robots. There's a dinosaur in there, Vikings. A little bit of everything for everyone. And um, it's it's like if you crossed a Disney afternoon cartoon with an Adult Swim cartoon, you'd get toasted. Where can we uh, find it? Currently, it's at a few uh, local shops in the Jacksonville area, and it is available at ToasterGuy.com. Diamond has it for review for national distribution as of a week ago, so I'm waiting to hear back. So cross your fingers, hopefully you'll be able to get it everywhere. So Aaron compared this to, um, like, across of a Disney afternoon, and I definitely, I mean, visually speaking, it's it's that. I mean, it is that. It is definitely that. Uh, it's... 
Um, it's it's <laughs> again. This reminds me of a of an Adult Swim version of the Disney Afternoon cartoon, but it's fun. It's different. It's unique. I love it. I love people that do this stuff, though. So I, I'm enjoying this one a lot. Um, you can check out his stuff. He he mentioned it in the video. Um, and uh, what I have one more. I I believe. Oh yeah. I, well, this this one's something else. I mean, check you know. Check it out. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just laying the land for Megacon, like the cool things you can find, you know. And it's like three or four bucks, and you know, you make somebody's day. You get the autograph. It might become something. It might not become something. But it's original. It's an original piece. So um, I also met, got this graphic novel, which is a graphic novel um, called Bayou Bound, and it was sold to me on the basis that it was described as an homage to Buffy. And I am a huge Buffy fan. You can't see my Buffy section because it's above that V for Vendetta poster. But, um, again, I've, I read the first. It's, it's, I, I want to absorb it more. So I read what would be the equivalent of the first two, like, two or three chapters, like I'd say. Because um, you can see it's, you know, pretty lengthy. Um, it's... It's, uh, it's, well, you know what? Let me, let me, let me go to the creator, uh, the author, uh, Jeff uh, Kaufman, um, who spoke to us about that in this studio and the slew of titles that they put out. Big City Comic Studios puts out books for a lot of different companies from Image to Xenoscope to Creature. And in September, we start publishing our own. The last book that came out was my tribute to Buffy, which was uh, By You Bound. Uh, it was about a 22-year-old kid who gets stuck in Wildwood, Louisiana, where now he's the deputy sheriff for all the weird supernatural stuff that happens there. Now, something kind of cool for those people. Uh, in September, our new books come out, and one of my favorites is Scary Tesla and Hyde Scary Fails. It's basically a the Pulp Fiction version of uh, Once Upon a Time. The idea is Tesla and Hyde are actually hunting the, what I call them scary fails or the lies. It's kind of fun to be able to screw with people. Do you have a website people can find you on? Yeah, www.bigcitycomics.com. Yeah, so again, so I haven't had the chance to like fully get into this, but I'm actually enjoying it. He described it, as he was describing it, I was kind of like, oh, I can see this being like a really, like, I don't want to say B-movie, but that, you know, those type of a movie, but like a good version of that movie. Um, it reminds me a lot of Supernatural as well, which I'm a big fan of. And I like this ridiculous things. And for those of you who may or may not know, I was a werewolf in a 48-hour film festival um, project I did once that I wrote and directed. And it went a little off the rails, but I was nominated for Best uh, Physical Effect. And... Uh, if you dig real hard, you can probably find that on YouTube. I'm not going to give you a link to it because I am embarrassed at my horrible acting in it. But, but, but it reminded me of this a little bit. I'm a little partial to werewolf stories. So there's there was a werewolf and ghosts and whatever, and it just seems a little ridiculous. But I am I'm actually really enjoying this one. This is a lot of fun. So you can check that out. Um, uh, and then I I can't not talk about this one. Okay, so I have I have a friend, uh, Travis Earls, and. I really, I only know him, like, through a matter of, like, going to, there's this, like, mini Power Ranger convention here, and I'm a super nerd, and I go, and it's called Ranger Stop, and he does stuff, and he he does this Ranger art, and it's so, it's so good, and I love it, and I got some, and then at the trivia I go to down here, um, they did a Power Rangers category one night for me, and I nailed it, and I actually dethroned, with the help of my friends, um, a team that had been winning for 26 weeks straight. And But they called in Travis to be the other person, and Travis and I had to go head-to-head 
um, against each other, and I won for like a, a lightning question, um, and it was like the hair of my teeth. Like it was, this guy went toe to toe with me, but he's got this really cool comic book that just like he just put out called Power, and it's it's not Power Rangers. It's called Power, but it is. Um, uh, he described it. Um, hold on, let me see. I wrote it down. Um, it has like a Power Rangers Sentai horror action influence. Like if you were a child of I say if you were born in the 80s or early 90s, like, I mean, even even late 70s, like, you'll, this is kind of like childhood stuff, you know, it, it's got that feel to it. I mean, I love it because it's that whole, like, humans, whenever somebody morphs, like, that's my thing. Like, I, I love that for some reason. And um, what's really cool is Travis did blank covers. And so you went up, you could buy the comic book. It was seven bucks, okay? The comic book by itself without a drawing would have been like $4. He drew this for me. I said, he said, I'll put anything you want on that cover. Anything. It didn't have to be what was in the comic. It could be anything. He'll draw it if you buy the comic book for $7. And I was like, well, you should definitely do a character. So I told him my favorite character in the original series was Billy. And he did the blue the blue knight um, in this thing. So he did, like, whoever Billy was in the comic book. And my God, it's amazing. It is, like, it's... It's super good. And I, I again, I, I haven't finished it because I was reading it and I was enjoying it too much. So this one, I was like, no, I'm taking my time. Like, I am going to sit down, a quiet evening, and just enjoy this one. This is this is great. I actually hope to maybe have Travis on the show um, to maybe talk about his work and the process since he is local. Um, he's a super talented, super, super nice guy. Um, you can check out his work on, on uh, Facebook at uh, Art of Travis Earls. Um and or uh i thought i had another thing it's all i think it's art of travis earls on everything oh on instagram it's like art underscore of underscore travis underscore earls wait is that true that might be somebody else's that's somebody else's just search for art of travis earl but um you can check it out i I just think that's really cool and there there are some places that will do that for you original sketches i mean i took home this really ridiculous print it was a the brown corgi and the black corgi and i have a brown and a black one and um they're like one's captain america and they're like chewing and the other one's got like a little wrench and he's like so it's like captain america and bucky and it's super cute and then there was another one but they were two brown ones so i couldn't take it um where it was Han and Chewie. And so I'm going to have, I spoke to the guy and I was like, oh, can you, could you maybe like, I, wa- I love this print, but could you do it for me where um, Han Solo is uh, the tricolor black Cordy? And you can keep Chewie the color he is, but he needs like the white strip because my dog Rocket, they both have the white strip down the center of their face. And yeah, so now I have these amazing like gifts oh, for myself. But um <laughs> Yeah, so it, it, it's just cool. Like, talk to people there. People like to get their picture taken. You know, they're they're they're. It's just, it's a fun, it's a fun experience. You know what I mean? There, it's not a lot of negativity. And um, that Batman, um, uh, the original Batman panel with Adam West and Burt Ward, which I thought was going to be kind of eh, was super good. Like Adam West is really funny, and it was so it was really cool to see the two of them together up there. You know, and say that. And then. The Katie Cassidy panel I went to, because I'm a big Arrow fan, and John Barrowman snuck in, and I was just like, oh my god, seeing them together and the stories about on set, and just like the chemistry, I don't know. It just makes you appreciate it that much more, you know? Um, so like, check out all that stuff. Now, before I stop talking about MegaCon, because I'm almost done, I do have one more story to tell. Um, so the convention's great. There's so much to do. Um, like I said, um you never, you never really know who you're going to meet there, too. So I had this kind of random run-in with one of the tables. 
there. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting this super funny, super talented, this just like little guy um, who's, uh, whose name is Kai. And uh, he's, got, he's got a little bit of a sad story, though. Um, but he, he loves Power Rangers, like me. So, of course, I immediately am like, we're best friends. Best friends in the world now. Um, he is, um, well, you know what? I, I sat down with his mother for a little bit. So I'm going to turn it over to his mother. And um, let's learn a, learn a little bit about Kai. So my name is Beth, and I'm the mother of Kai, um, which is the reason why we're talking. And he is a five-year-old crazy kid that has an inoperable brain tumor. Kai has many doctors. Um, first of all, he has his traditional team of doctors that's in Washington, D.C., and we go up there every three months to run an MRI and to run the further tests that we do with them, like blood tests and check and see how everything's going. Down here in Florida, he has holistic doctors. He has about six holistic doctors. We've been in the hyperbaric chamber. We've done 90 hyperbaric chamber dives. They were in there for about an hour and a half. And we'll start another regimen of that in about a month and a half. He's getting ready to start a laser therapy in a week and a half. Um, we work with a chiropractor. He has a Chinese herbalist. He takes a cocktail, like milkshake cocktail in the morning that has all kinds of vitamins and minerals that keep his body running at the ultimate level um, to be able to absorb the, the hyperbaric chamber and the oxygen and all these other treatments that we're doing for him. Um, and it's been shrinking his tumors. It shrunk two millimeters in the past six months, which is amazing because it's inoperable and we can't use radiation. He has a love of Power Rangers, a love of superheroes. Now he has a love of the Karate Kid. And he won. You are right. He just has a love of like things that seem fun, and he likes to perform, and he wants to be an actor, and he just he just loves life. And, and he's a little bit of an extrovert, so he loves performing for people and getting the attention. So we have a GoFundMe page, which is, you know, www.gofundme.com backslash help Kai live. And it's H-E-L-P-K-I-L-I-V-E. And then he also has a Facebook page, which is, you know, it's called Help Kai Live. So H-E-L-P-K-I-L-I-V-E. And at the top it says Kai Lives. So with the money that we raise, it's going for Kai's treatment. It goes towards supporting him and supporting his continued healing. So, um, so you heard the story. Um, we, I thought, you know, I don't, I don't normally do this, but, you know, we, if you have the power to do something to help people, I feel like you should do something to help people. It's just the right thing to do in the world. I mean, how do we make it a better place? You know, we should always strive to make the world a better place than the one we came into. Um, so I know what the Diz, we do a lot for Give Kids the World, and they do amazing work for everyone. Um, and everyone who listens has been so generous with that stuff because we've raised so much money for Give Kids the World. But this is just a little side thing, and um, it's just it's a GoFundMe page. Uh, it's I mean, you can donate $1. Like, I, and I'm not pushing for anybody to donate. I'm not whatever. I'm just saying... This is the great thing about pages like GoFundMe. Um, you know, they can. You have the chance to help people that that really need help. You know, um, whereas like you, you can also support artists and all that stuff, which is also wonderful. There's just so many wonderful things you can do. But um, the great thing is, it's like you can kind of donate in any increment. And a dollar, I mean, it's a dollar. Like five bucks is five bucks. Ten bucks, you know what I mean? Like for me, it's just kind of like, all right, well, I'm not gonna. 
I'm not going to eat out tonight, you know, or um, maybe I just don't buy that one thing at the store, you know, that I kind of want. Like, let me put it off for a second. Um, and that little amount of money to us could be the world of difference to somebody else like this. And so I, I know it's hard times for everybody and it's very hard. But if you do, if you do have anything you want to help out or in any way that you can, even if it's not monetarily, you can check out um, his GoFundMe page. It's got some story on there, the links to some other videos that have been made. Um, and uh, go to uh, GoFundMe.com slash help Kai live. No, it's Kai K-I. So it's H-E-L-P-K-I-L-I-V-E. You know, tell a friend, share a link, whatever. Um, I'm telling you this because I, I spent some time with this little guy and he he is, I mean, he's, he's, he's destined for greatness. This kid is charismatic. He's, we like, we, 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 uh, we, he has two lightsabers he brings around with him and we had a little duel in the hallway. He won, obviously. I, he is, he's very talented. Uh, his goal, he has said, is to be on a billboard and he, uh, also wants to be in the new Power Ranger movie. So, I mean, obviously we're like, you know, destiny. Um, so, uh, he's going to acting camp this summer, which I think is just perfect. Um, and they're going to do Peter Pan, I believe, too. So um, we'll have to check in on him again later. But yeah, so I, that you know that's why I brought it up. It's just you know it, for me, I just feel like, like let's let's throw some hope back in the world for people. You know, help a stranger out. I I saw this movie Pay It Forward when I was a kid, and I'm sure you all know it. Haley Joel Osment and uh, um. Oh my goodness! Uh, she was in As Good as It Gets and Mad About You and Twister and Oh my gosh, how am I not remembering Hunt Helen Hunt? Oh, whew. I would have been so angry. Helen Hunt, Helen Hunt. Um, and now that I've said that, I'm not 100 percent sure it is Helen Hunt in the movie. Anyway, this great movie, Pay It Forward. I have paid it forward one significant time in my life. It was it was a significant pay it forward. I don't want to talk about it too much right now, but. Um, there was there was somebody unfortunate in my town. Basically, their house burned down. Their dog died in the fire, and it was like weeks before Christmas. And so I had I had a, I had in my means as an eighth grader to help them um, with some stuff, and I uh, I did. And you know what? I they this family was just they were the nicest family in the world, and um, the, what I did for the, like it couldn't have been done for better people, and. Um, it's good. And I'm, and you know, I carry that around with me a lot and I, I was very happy to help them. And, you know, they named their, so I gave him a dog. That's basically it. My dog had had puppies and I gave him a puppy. And my mom said, if you give him, this is the puppy we were going to save for you. This was going to be, you know, free. And, and, uh, I said, yeah, well, they, you know, they lost theirs, unfortunately. And so they ended up like naming the dog Joy Clavin, which was, you know, they didn't have to do that. I don't know. But, um, that dog ended up to be like 16 years old. I think it only um, uh, recently, yeah, within the last year or two, passed away. And, um, you know, and that that feeling, and it's not a selfish feeling too, but they every time I saw these people, like I went to school with this girl. She was like a year or two younger than me. You could see it. Like when you do something like that, that you think is just an innocent gesture, can just change somebody's life. So... Let's do that more often, you know? Let's let's help the world be a better place. Um, but that's that. That's my piece. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. I didn't want to talk about me in that either. But I'm amazing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so before I wrap up the show, I'm almost there. Um, but you know I love to talk about people and how they bring their favorite fandoms 
Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, whatever, into their everyday life. And um, so you'll notice the shirt I've been wearing. It says, I'm so fly. Oh, I should zoom out. Hold on, I can do this. For those of you watching, it says, I'm so fly, I never land. And it's got the, uh, the silhouette of Peter, Wendy, Mike. Oh, oh, is everybody on there? Yeah, everybody's on there. And then on the back of my neck, it's actually got a... Um, a little Tinkerbell back there, a little pixie. Um, so this is, and this is a dark green. Okay, I love this. I I love this shirt. Um, and so we talked about we talked. I I spoke earlier about um, like how I paint. Like the, my thing is that I see like cool. I love images of stuff, and so I like to like kind of bring that into. Like I paint. I'll make T-shirts um, every now and then. That's how I kind of channel my fandom. You know, um, J- uh, Jill, who you might remember from the Marvel. Um, arts and crafts thing, my Cupcake Wars friend, she, her thing, she likes to dress in like bounding. She bounds, um, you know, in whatever her favorite fandom. And she's got quite the routine down now. And we'll go over what bounding is in the future. I just have to figure out how to put that segment together. But it's a lot of fun and hopefully we'll have some challenges involved. Um, But a listener, uh, it turns out she's a listener of the show. I don't even know how this happened. If she had liked something on Instagram or I had liked something on Instagram, but somehow I saw it and I sent her a message and I'm like, oh my God, this stuff's great. Do you mind if I feature it on the show? Um, and she said, yeah. And then she sent me this package with this shirt, this shirt. And then she sent me this shirt. Check this one out. This one's real funny. It's a silhouette of the castle, but with the crane poking out in the back of it. And if any of you know, Disney Disney World has uh, that crane has its own Facebook page now. That crane is like a permanent resident of Disney World. Um, she sent me that. She made me this super awesome like, whoops. Oh, it's in here. I took it out of the package. That's why. Um, she sent me this Dispop sticker from my laptop. I haven't put it on there yet because I gotta clean it. But this one and then a piece piece Mickey Dole Whip. Like I think this one's super cute as well. That's so awesome. And it came in the like in this nice like heart, cardboard thing and then the shirts are all nice and wrapped up and they had little like directions about how to wash and care for it and the presentation is wonderful but so Megan what she's done is take her favorite thing which is Disney like she loves Disney she's very passionate and she has turned it into a little Etsy shop and it's great. I, I mean and what appeals to me about it is some of it's like blatantly Disney. Like you can get a lot of really cool. She does like I showed you a lot of cool stickers. She's got some Haunted Mansion ones on there. But then there's a lot of tops like this. Like I love a shirt like this thing. Like I, I'm so fly I never land. Like I think that's hilarious. Like I love that. Um, she's got a, one I just saw. It's a yellow or like neon V-neck that says stand out with the lightning bolt. And I I have to have it. Um, because as we all know, I'm very passionate about, um, Powerline and a goofy movie. And, um, but I, I respect Megan so much for taking her fandom and then not only does she like channel it into something, but now she shares it with other people. Uh, yes, it costs money, but I think that's, that's, that's the definition of like happy work. Like, don't you want to do what you love? And she took things she loves and now that's like a thing she can do. Um, so she's got an Etsy shop. Um, it's called um, Craftiest Place on Earth and you have got to check it out. You can get t-shirts, tanks, decals. Um, she's got really cool some wedding stuff on there. There's there's actually like a baseball tee on there too that says like the Dingle Hopper. And then there's some which I know our audience would love that say like um, you don't Disney like I Disney or, some, or something like that. Oh, she's got one with Mickey ears on it and it says, I'm a mouse, duh. 
And so I love that, you know, Mean Girls. The baseball tees are great because she's got this Rapunzel one. And it's got a 10 on the back. But the in the 10, it's like the lights, the lanterns stand out. Oh, and it says above the crowd on the bottom. And then it's got the it's got the uh, symbol, the radioactive symbol. It's great. Uh, on Wednesdays, we wear mouse ears and it's on a pink T-shirt. It's so clever. She's got so much stuff. It's so good. She's got a really cool. Uh, oh, talk Disney to me. See, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. I, like, you know. Things you, like the unofficial Disney merch. And, and the best part is, is it's a lot cheaper. Because like one of these shirts runs you like 16 bucks. Um, you know, and, and she's she's super sweet. You ain't Disney like me. That, that's the one that I really enjoyed too. Um, so be sure to check it out. The Dinglehopper one says, they're forking amazing. Okay. These are great. And it's, it's super cute. You, you've got to check it out. Like I said, it's really cheap. Um, excuse me. It's really inexpensive. It's not cheap. My favorite Disney villain is my wife. So I'm looking at her Instagram, which is craftiest underscore place underscore on underscore earth. And um, then the Etsy shop is, hold on, I wrote it down here. The, so you can give them a follow. If you're not even going to buy anything, just give them a follow, comment, tag, you know, whatever. You never know what you're going to see. But um, Facebook, it's craftiest place on earth. Um, and that is the same as what her oh her her the Etsy store is craftiestplace.etsy.com. Uh, so you know what? Go on there and check it out. Just shoot her a message. Say hey, like I, I like your stuff. You know, it's really cute. Even if it's just a nice compliment, you don't have to buy anything. Sometimes people just like to hear like, hey, great job. I love Disney too. You love Disney. I love Disney. We're friends. You know, make some new friends in the world. Um, but Megan, I I love all this. She wrote me a super sweet super sweet note and everything which i've covered up because i don't like to read sweet notes um no but she she's just she's just so nice um and it was so nice of her to send me this stuff uh oh and she wrote all the stuff on here that i could have but you can you can use the hashtag craftiest place on earth she's just i really respect it it's really it's a really well put together she's super nice she's super quick responding um she is a disney fan and I think that that's something to be said. If you can be a Disney fan and turn turn that into something that does well for you, but you spread joy for others, like I love this shirt. I'm so fly in Neverland. I and Craig Craig said he never wants to see me wear it, but I'm gonna wear it all the time. And um, yeah, so that's that. Check that out. Um, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. And like I said earlier in the episode, I don't think there's gonna be a Diz Pop episode for this Friday, um, the tenth because I'm leaving for California Thursday and I'll be there until Monday and I don't know though maybe I'll make something while I'm out there who knows um I'll I'll try and keep you guys maybe I'll do some like vlogs and for like specifically for Diz Pop or something I don't know but I'm sorry um I'm gonna do I'll do the best I can for you guys honestly I I don't I don't want it to sound like I'm complaining or anything like that it's just I Diz Pop was kind of you know it was I took kind of an idea and I ran with it and I'm trying to do it as, as much of it all by myself as I can to be so nobody has to worry about it because like, as you can see at the Diz we do a lot of stuff and our basically our coverage over this last over this last six months has exploded we are just giving you guys so much stuff and um but it takes a lot of time to do that stuff especially doing a show like this that's very different um but it's very rewarding I when I give you guys an episode and you give me feedback, negative, positive, whatever, it still feels super rewarding to like have it out there in the 
in the world. So I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for watching, listening, um, for everything you do. Um, feel free to follow us on the Twitter at Show on Twitter. And um, we just started an Instagram too, Dizpop Show. Check that out. I've got a bunch of uh, photos of those costumes from Megacon. I'll try and update that a little bit more. I'll throw a, a photo of the shirt on there too. And uh, um, yeah, you can you can shoot me an email at uh, podcast at disunplugged.com and just, you know, just make sure you say in the email somewhere it's going to Dizpop. I mean, I'll still get all those emails, but it helps me separate them a little better. Let me know what you guys want to see. What what do you want us to cover more of? I've gotten some great suggestions so far. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciate the feedback. Like I said, give us a thumbs up on the video on YouTube. Give us a nice review on iTunes. Constructive criticism, always welcome. And uh, I guess I'm, that's going to be the end of my rant about, about criticism, uh, about <laughs> getting feedback. But, but thanks again, guys. Thank you, as always. Um, and until next time, I have been and will always be Rhino Clavin. Bye, everybody.